We've tried to be very smart about how you put the plan together. Obviously had an offseason this year, so that was different. But I feel like the guys have a good understanding of what we're doing on all three sides of the ball. Now's the time to compete. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Tonight is your chance to get a detailed peek behind the scenes from team headquarters in Berea. And you'll find out how the Browns are prepping for this week's game. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Stefanski show live from Panini's in Brunswick presented by Bud Light Nathan Zagura and the three-time 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 Super Bowl champion Gerard Cherry with you here it's the Kevin Stefanski show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network and we'd love to be talking about a win here Gerard but unfortunately for the fourth straight time the Browns come up short. They lose to the Ravens 23-20 to last week. And before we move on to the Bengals and obviously some news about that team today, what do you take away from the Browns' loss in a game in which they played some of their best ball of the year and yet still lost to a Ravens team that now is atop the AFC North? Exactly, and that's the frustrating part, Nathan. When you have a situation where you see signs of complimentary football. You see signs that the defense can shut down the run. You see signs that the defense can slow down one of the best tight ends in the National Football League in Andrews. And then you stop Lamar Jackson for the most part. But at the end of the day, it's not a one series. It's not a one phase. It's not a one unit game. It's three phases to playing football. You have special teams and you have offense, obviously. And the mishaps that occurred on the special team side of the ball played a major factor in this, as well as some mistakes on the offensive side with the fumbles. So really what I felt, and I agree with you, it was a situation where I felt that was the closest we've seen this football team playing complimentary football. Eliminate the mistakes, and you're going to win football games. We say what? Play clean football. So in a situation like that, if you play clean football, you're going to win the game. You're exactly right. And, I mean, the, fun, the crazy thing about this is if I had told you that Lamar Jackson would be under 200 total yards of offense, that Mark Andrews would not have a catch in this game, that we would hold them to 3.6 yards a carry, that they would have two plays of more than 20 yards in the game, and that Nick Chubb would run for 91 yards and six yards a carry, that Cooper, Peoples-Jones, and Joku all over 70 that Jacoby Brissett would go 22 of 27 for 260 yards, no interceptions. You'd say we won probably big. Right, handedly. And, right. and we did not. And part of it, you mentioned it's a three-phase game, and special teams plays a big role, obviously, in these games. And you look at we had one turnover, they had one turnover. Our turnover led to a short field. It led directly to seven points. Their turnover led to a long field. We got it in the red zone. It did not yield any points for us. Special teams came in big. They had two possessions where they didn't have to go more than 30 yards to get points, six of them. That's 13 points on short fields. We needed to go more than 50 yards for all 20 of our points. And it feels like in a game in which the offense did enough, the defense did enough, this was one where special teams and the flipping of the field, giving up that big return, and too often I think that's been the case here. I think there are three games you could put 
a lot on the special teams unit. Right, you certainly could put the onus on the special teams as being a major contributor in the loss. Now, obviously, it's a team effort, but when you have a situation where you're giving up a punt return, and from a psychological standpoint, Nathan, what it does to a football team in that it just puts this bad taste in your mouth, if you will, like, oh, Lord, here we go again. And then when you have a field goal blocked, and what that represents. Now, granted, that was at the end of the game. And the NFL, by the way, has said that, no, we did not false start. Thanks. Well, a little, what's that, a little yeah. too late? Yeah, too late. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah but, at the, but at the end of the day, yes, special teams played a major part in what took place in this football game. But also I go back to situational football, something that we need to do a better job of cleaning up. You have a situation. Think about that long punt return. Yep. You have back-to-back plays where Queen is – Basically, it's doing what we call shooting the gaps. Yep. He shoots the gaps right there. What do we need to do? We need to do a chessman in the sense that now let's go for hard count. Let's take advantage of that because basically those two plays that he had consecutively put us pinned against the end zone, and yep. now we're kicking on a and one's pressure with that. And then you have a situation where the field, from a cover standpoint, is compressed. You have to obviously maintain your lane integrity, and we didn't do those things, and it led to that long return. These are easy, fixable Things and that's the part that's frustrating about it is yeah. that all these things are basics of football one on one on how you cover a punt, and that's the thing about all these losses is that it's been easy fixable right. things. And you know, early in the season, you'd say the defense was not performing at the level we expected. The offense was certainly exceeding, and then now you have a game where you kind of put it all together. And I thought the defense did a phenomenal job in that one against the Baltimore Ravens and. Yeah, you get let down on special teams. Your turnover is more costly than their turnover. And, and it's just this team has got to find a way to win these games. We can beat anybody, and clearly we can lose to anybody. Right. And often it comes down to us and, and what we do. And unfortunately, we've done the little things wrong too often. Now we sit at 2-5, and five and we're taking on in this week now a Bengals team that's won four of their last five games and probably, like us, feels like they should be better. All three of their losses came on last-second walk-off field goals. Right. Any of those missed, they're obviously doing better. They are an elite offense, although they took a little bit of a hit there. But how do you, as a team in a locker room, come together and figure out how to win? And I think that that's, that's what we're missing right now. We just don't know how to win when it's winning time. Or it's, it's really simple. It starts in practice, first and foremost. Your practice should be more challenging to a degree to your actual playing on a game day. So when you get to a game day, it should feel like, okay, I experienced this in practice. I know yep. what to do. I know what the pressure looks like. I understand what it's like to be fatigued and tired and get to that stress point to where I want to make a mistake, but I'm not going to make a sure. mistake. And not that you want to make a mistake per se, more so along the lines of I'm at that place physically where I'm exhausted. But that's where you build upon what you did in practice so you don't get to that place. And you put that pressure on you so when you're actually in the game, you don't collapse under the pressure of what's taking place from a situational football standpoint. It starts there in practice and obviously the preparation because we said it earlier. The things that we're screwing up on and the mistakes that keep on taking place are things that you can discover through film study. And once again, yes, I'm talking practice. And some of it is just mental doing your job. You know if you're on the outside in punt return, you can't let him go right. outside of you. It's, and they picked up 25 yards at the end of that return. It's called right. for a reason. Force him back where you've got help. You know that. And so those little things have reared their ugly heads. So now we turn the page. The Browns in a must-win situation must. against the Bengals. You've got to have it on Monday Night Football, Halloween at First Energy Stadium. We just found out, while this is still going to be a very difficult task, that it got 
we'll call it a little bit easier today. Jamar Chase, the star wide receiver of the Bengals, who currently this season has 47 catches, 605 yards. That's six most in the NFL, six touchdowns. And he's coming off of back-to-back games with more than 130 yards and two touchdowns. He is out dealing with a hip injury that will sideline him for four to six weeks, according to Adam Schefter. Now, they still have T. Higgins. They still have Tyler Boyd, both of whom who have 455 yards receiving this year. But that's a big blow losing Jamar Chase. Uh, it certainly is. And our mentality cannot be, woo, we caught a break. Our mentality has to be, I wish he was here. And why I say I that, know this guy sitting right next to me, Greg Newsom, wishes Jamar Chase was playing. He wanted it. Because you want to have a situation where you're going up against the best. And obviously you're going to see him again at some point in the latter part of the season because we play them late in the, at the end of the season. But the main point what I'm trying to say is it's your attitude. And if your attitude is, oh, we got a break here. That tells you right there you don't have the right attitude. No. Your mentality That's for be, us to say. That's it, not for the players. Yeah, I don't say. even think it's for us to say because it might influence them. But with that <laughs> being said, Yes, they're not going to be as dynamic when you lose a guy like that. I'm going to be realistic about it. Of course, you're not going to be. The guy is one of the best receivers in the National Football League. you got to call for what's his worth. So, yes, they're going to lose a key component to their offensive production by not having him out on the football field. So our thought still has to be, though, I don't care who you put out there, be it Higgins, be it Boyd, or whoever else you decide to employ on that particular Monday night. We're going to give you the business. Yeah, we've got to. And this is an offense that comes in red hot since week three. They're averaging 27 points a game, sixth in the NFL, 300 yards passing, second in the NFL. They're second in the NFL on third downs, number one in quarterback rating at 117.5. Burrow, the last two weeks alone, 80% completion, 781 yards, six touchdowns, and 133 rating. He's been spectacular. But what's interesting, Gerard, and here's what I want to get your kind of take on is They are playing 11 personnel, that's three wide receivers, 98% of the time since week five. 98% of the time. They're in shotgun 88% of the time. They're just throwing. They're not even doing play action. 83% of their passes are just straight (laughs) drop back. But when they play 11, it's Chase, it's Higgins, it's Boyd. You look at their roster and you say, okay, those are the top three. They're all top 20 in the league in receiving. The only person who's got a catch, Mike Thomas has two catches for 38 yards this season. That's it. So how do they keep – are they going to keep playing 11 personnel? Somebody's just going to step up and, and oh, not yeah. be Jamar Chase. So oh. that's good for you. Right. Well, they're not going to vacate playing 11 personnel because their mindset now is it's working. And yep. granted, yes, you're going to lose one key, key, key component of, in Chase as a receiver. But the other part to it, Nathan, is if you don't – if you've gotten a rhythm and you're – and it's all about rhythm. Yep. Now this offense is in sync. It's doing what it was to do from a production standpoint. Burrow is now starting to feel comfortable. The last thing you want to do is all of a sudden say, okay, well, let's go to 12 personnel or let's go to 21. What they were doing early in the season. Right. And on top of that, with them being in the shotgunners as much, the thing I wish you would have brought to us, and you might have this information, so I'll ask you right now, how long does he hold on to the football? Is it a quick release situation? It's both because when they take shots, he holds on to it. But the majority of the time, he gets the ball out quick, and that's how they're trying to avoid sacks because they gave up 13 sacks the first two weeks. They've allowed only 11 in the last four games. So that's, yes, they right. like that's to get exactly out of the hands quickly. Yes. Exactly. So they're doing that for that reason. And then the other part is they are trying to mix, mix it in there, if you will, but it's not nowhere near as domineering as it was in the past with last year compared to stats and what he did from a running game standpoint. And Piron is still using him in the, in the screen game as well. So yep. they, they're very, obviously, one of the more productive offenses and best offenses in the National Football League. And losing Chase is going to have, a, obviously, a dent in the production. But what I expect, and this is every week, 
if you get penetration. And for some reason, we play the Ravens and we play the Bengals extremely well. Yep, we do. Just, we were literally built to yep. beat them on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. So what we do is take advantage of the fact that what do we have? Two big bookends, and they're not running the football. Now here's the twist. Will they flip the script? Because they have please. watched the Falcons game. They have watched the Chargers, the Chargers game. Sure. And they watched the Patriots. And obviously we did a much better job last week, so that might be like, oh, I'm not sure here. Maybe we should just stick to what we did. We did a better job against the Patriots, yeah. too. Joe Mixon this year averaging just 3.3 yards a carry, Gerard, lowest of his career. Coming off a season, though, last year you mentioned 1,500 total yards, 16 touchdowns. This is a good team. They're number 11 in total offense, number 11 in total defense. Right, and that's what two down weeks on offense. Yeah. Very down. Number eight scoring offense, number seven scoring defense. And maybe we're not talking about their defense enough. It's led by Trey Hendricks and Sam Hubbard up front. Yeah. They've got good guys on the back end. Von Bell's having a great year. Four uh, turnovers at his hand. They've got Jesse Bates, Chidobe Awuzie, and Eli Apple at the corners. They've got a great linebacker in Logan Wilson who has seven picks since he's come to the league the most of any linebacker. And they haven't allowed a single touchdown in the second half yet this year. The only team in the NFL to be able to do that. So it's a full day offensively and defensively. But you're right. We do play them very well. Joe Burrow 0-3 against the Browns who have won four straight against the Bengals. And here's the other part too, Nathan, with this. When you have a, when a team, this is an advantage for you psychologically. When you're in a situation where you've beaten a team multiple times, there is something to that. Why can't we get over this hump? And one of the things that you're hoping will take place is that Burrow will press because yep. he has something to prove. And then in the process of doing that, that mistake happens. But here's the thing. If anything we've learned this season, one quarter, two quarters is not enough. It's going to have to be four quarters of football because best believe they are well aware. And if I'm their head coach, Taylor, I am showing you what happened last year when Denzel Ward got that interception. Pick six, open and, the game, yep. And that was the rest was history. I'm showing that to let you know that these guys have our number. Let's put it on them quick, fast, and in a hurry and see if they shut it down. So don't be surprised if you see them from the get-go coming out the gate being very explosive, being very aggressive, and how they go about attacking us. I think they're going to be, but they've lost their biggest playmaker in Jamar Chase. But you can't sleep on T. Higgins so far this year. 455 yards, 14.7 to catch, two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd as well. He's got 455 yards of his own, 15.7, a career high per catch, leading the team and three touchdowns. He had 155 yards last week and a 60-yard touchdown against the Falcons. It's an explosive offense. It's kind of an underrated no-name defense. Hendrickson's been to the Pro Bowl, but that's really it in terms of guys on their roster, on the defense. But they play good, sound football. They don't make mistakes. They don't give up big plays. And they make you really work to get the ball down the field. It's going to be a big test for the Browns, Gerard, and it's one that we feel they're up to the task. They're going to have to have it. You need it right now. The Bengals 0-2 in the division. The Bengals feel like they need to get to 1-2 in the division. They have to have it as well. All right, when we come back here on the Kevin Stefanski Show, we are live, obviously, at the Paninis in Brunswick. You're going to hear from the head coach here, Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. That's coming up next. But fans, don't forget to mark your calendars for Faceoff on the Lake, presented by Meyer, the first major outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium. On February 18th, the Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines right here in Cleveland. Tickets are on sale now, starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. The head coach of your Cleveland Browns up next. You're listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show live from Panini's in Brunswick on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. 
for me. I'm just trying to make the right decision for each of our players. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show, live from Panini's in Brunswick all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network, and very happy to be joined, as always, by the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. Coach, four in a row, the wrong way. How do we get this thing turned around? Yeah, it doesn't feel good uh, for anybody. But I I think for us, we we really do keep your head down. I mean, keep your head down and and work, and that's something that we've tried to do. Uh, over and over and instill upon our team. So nobody feels good about where you are, I promise you that, but it doesn't. It can't interfere with your work. It can't interfere with your day, and I think that's so important from a player standpoint, from a coach standpoint. We come into this building, we're here to work, and uh, we certainly have work to do, and I think we're committed to that. I think you saw some of the fruits of that work against the Ravens. I mean, you hold Mark Andrews without a catch. You hold Lamar Jackson under 200 yards of offense. You hold them under four yards of carry as a team. Jacoby's 22 at 27. Chubb runs for over about six yards a carry. A lot of things that you would say, okay, we won that game, right? But we didn't. So there were good things in there. Number one, what did you take away positively from that one? I mean, as you know, there's no moral victories. Right. But uh, you want to build on things. You want to play good football consistently from offense, defense, special teams. That's that's the the piece of of what turns into winning is when you consistently play good sound football on all three sides. So, are we doing it at times? To your point, yes. There there's a, there's moments out there where we're playing really good football. You just got to do it for sixty minutes, and you got to do it consistently. And you mentioned three phases: special teams, big return in that one. Again, they were able to flip field position. How do we kind of get that group that has? For stretches, playing very well, but at other times, that sometimes has been the difference in these games. And, and the, I mean, it's the ultimate team sport. That's what we love about this sport. It, it takes all eleven on any given play. It takes offense, defense, special teams. So, for us, we value how important all those moments are. Every punt is as important as you know, first and ten from the thirty. So, we just have to make sure that our guys are, are playing clean, playing sound football. Uh, you know, when you're going to go up against some pretty good returners in this in this game. So when you do, you got to rise to the occasion and get those guys on the ground. All right, let's turn the page now to the Cincinnati Bengals Monday Night Football, an opportunity to get to two and one in the division and, and get back into this thing. They're coming in hot. Joe Burrow is on fire the last couple of weeks. They're lighting things up. 781 yards, six touchdowns the last two games alone, and they've shifted. They were a team that was trying to be under center in the beginning of the season, a lot of play action. Now they're like, you know what? We're going to play in the shotgun and we're going to throw the ball. Stop us. What have you seen from them on tape, and why has it been so hard to stop them? Yeah, well, I think it's a great combination of, of scheme and, and really good players. Uh, you know, I have a ton of respect for Coach Taylor and, and their staff and what they do on, on that offensive side of the ball in this case. Uh, and then Coach Lowe on the defensive side does a great job. But with their offense, it's you know a very, very good young quarterback who, who seems to be getting better uh, weekly. And then you have explosive players, and you have different players on, the, on that perimeter. You have... You have speed, you have quickness, you have some size, you have some savviness uh, with all those guys. And they can work them inside, they can work them outside. So it's a huge challenge. It's, it's something uh, every year when you play the Bengals and you're going up against them, you have to be ready to defend all those playmakers on the perimeter and in the inside. And not to mention Joe Mixon. I mean, a big, big, powerful running back. How do you kind of balance the need to get after Joe Burrow? with the need to make sure you've got enough guys in coverage. All three of their receivers in the top 20 in receiving yards. You were talking about Chase Higgins and Boyd. You know, last year, Troy Hill had a couple of sacks on some of our nickel blitzes. 
But this year he's been elite against the blitz. How do you balance that? Yeah, it's always a combination. It's it's rushing coverage, and uh, I don't think versus this team you can do one thing and say that's going to be enough. I think you have to uh, be ready to pivot if if it's coverage, if it's pressure, if it's different types of coverage. I think uh, there's just a very very sound scheme where not one thing is going to take away everything they do. So that's part of what we're doing now is putting a game plan together that our guys can understand and then go execute. All right, you talked about rush and coverage, two important pieces of that. Jadevian Clowney in the rush. Denzel Ward had the pick six that got things started right for you last time in Cincinnati in coverage. We saw Clowney last week, but not clearly at full strength. He was, you know, 20 plus snaps or so. We didn't see Denzel. Any updates on those two? No updates uh, yet. You know, I'm, I'm hopeful that Clowney can continue to, to make a push to Monday night. And then with the concussion protocols, everybody knows you, you just, uh, you really have to be patient. You have to just wait uh, with the, make sure you're following every single rule, listening to the player um, in this case. So uh, I'll get an update when, when the protocol, when he uh, continues to move through it. But until then, really no update. Uh, slip it to the offensive side of the ball. I thought an incredibly efficient game against the Baltimore Ravens. The one turnover, obviously, leads to seven points. You want that back, but save that play. A darn good performance. Jacoby 22-27, as I mentioned earlier. How did you see him bounce back from that New England game and put together that kind of a performance? Yeah, I thought he was battling out there. Uh, you mentioned there were some really good moments. Uh, found some explosives in the past game. I thought he saw it clearly. Uh, that's gonna We're going to continue to have to make plays uh, run and pass uh, in, in this game. It's it's a 60-minute a game, and, and you need to make sure that you're putting some points on the, on the scoreboard. Uh, and I think you saw that at moments. I think... What we need to do, getting back to the consistency, is we can't have that lull there. You can't go four drives where you're not coming away with points, and that really was was what held us back in that game. How'd Yelda Froholt do in his first start? Yeah, Yelda did a nice job. Uh, That's a tough outing there when you're going up against Calais Campbell, uh, and and I think to Calais Campbell's credit, he got us that one time, unfortunately. Uh, But overall, as you can imagine with Yelda, you're going to get effort, you're going to get physicality, and I think that's what we got. Let's talk about the run game a little bit. So much has been made about how much we're running the football. And, you know, we lead the NFL in runs by running backs. So I think they're getting it quite a bit. How do you kind of balance that in a game flow situation, keeping Nick involved? You obviously want to give Kareem reps. But how do you kind of go through that and then look back at it and say, okay, this here's what we want to do ideally? Yeah, I think for us, you're always just trying to be explosive. Run or pass really doesn't matter to us. And then when you're thinking about being explosive, you're thinking about players. So, for instance, in, in this last game, I think we threw a screen on the second play to Nick. You know, it's a pass, but you're thinking about the ball's going to 24. And, yep. and you think about some of the uh, RPOs or runs you, you run later in the game, and you're, you're thinking about players. So uh, the players are never very far away from the forefront of, of what we're thinking about in terms of touches. And then that adjusts. So we, we do have to continually think about personnel groupings, who's touching the ball, because that's ultimately our our, our goal is is thinking about players and not plays. All right, let's talk about their defense really quickly. You know, we had some issues with Justin Houston off the edge. They've got a great one in Trey Hendrickson. What jumps out to you about the Bengals? Effort, motor, uh, good players. I mean, really, really good technical speed, power, those type of things. But they're just gonna, they're all day. You're going to get 60 minutes worth of them. Uh, that's what we've when we faced them in the past couple of years. Uh, Hubbard and, and Hendrickson, obviously, you're going to get a ton of effort, so you got to match that intensity. And then second half, they've been really good. Is there anything that stood out to you on tape? They haven't allowed a touchdown in the second half or overtime. The only team in the league that that's true this year. 
By the way, the Ravens had a lot of touchdown in the opening drive, not a point. We went down the field. But is there anything that jumps out of you? They're doing anything second half? Or it's no, just... I think what you're seeing, it's a veteran unit. They've yep. been together. They've played together. They've had the same coaches. So I think they, they know their adjustments. Uh, they do a nice job in disguise. And I think that comes from just being veteran players. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck on Monday night against the Bengals. Appreciate it, Nathan. All right, we'll be back with more of the Kevin Stefanski Show live from the Paninis in Brunswick. It's the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show. We're live at Panini's in Brunswick, presented by Bud Light, all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Rounds Radio Network. And be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea Tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. Twisted Tea Tailgate is located on the west side of First Energy Stadium and combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music, food, and drink options, along with areas for socializing. The tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. Nathan Zagura, Gerard Cherry with you. And Gerard, it's time now to go around the league. Trades already heating up. The trade deadline next Tuesday at 4 p.m. I think we will see more moves around the league as this goes on. But right now, rank the following five trades in terms of who helped themselves the most to the least before Tuesday's trade deadline. Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers to the Niners. Kadarius Toney today to the Chiefs. Robert Quinn to the Eagles. Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals. And then James Robinson to the Jets. So you want me to go one through five or, or just five? Give me the, yeah, well, just give me the most impactful one that you think there. Or if there are two. I'll there, give you two. Yep. And one I'll give you impact and I'll give you another one no impact. Okay. Got number one for impact, I'm going to go with Robert Quinn. The Eagles Agreed. already had a stellar defense to begin yes. with. So now you're just adding more to the arsenal, which shows you that they understand the defense needs to travel. Because when you look at them and the Dallas Cowboys, I still say the Cowboys have a better defense. But adding Quinn to the mix, now that's up for grabs because obviously he can get after the quarterback. And you figure with Dallas's offense, they're only going to get better with Dak being back in the fold. So that move by the Eagles is basically saying, okay, Dak, we recognize that you're back under center. You're not Cooper Rush. We have somebody who else is going to help us get after you. Yeah, now they got Hassan Reddick. They got Brandon Graham. And now you've got Robert Quinn, who's got 18 and a half sacks last year. He had 18 and a half sacks. He can still play. Which one don't you like? I do not like the Kadarius Tony at all. Really? But let me tell you why. From a physical standpoint, obviously it makes sense. I don't want malcontents on my roster. I don't want yes. guys, if you are in a situation where the New York Giants are winning football games, but because you're a me guy and you're not getting the amount of looks that you think you should get, and you're probably saying, well, and granted, I understand, Daniel Jones is not helping your your cause from a high quarterback. He hasn't play. really played, though. They've been telling him he's hurt. He's saying, I'm not hurt. But that's the reason why they haven't yeah. played, though, because of that, yeah. because of your attitude. So why would you take that dude who has a bad attitude and bring him onto your roster. Now, Granny's only a second-year player, so it's not like he's going to have that much say in the locker room to begin with. But the fact is that you're bringing in a guy and basically saying we'll do anything for talent. Let me ask you this, because in, in one of the things that Bill Belichick would do was take on guys right. that were very talented, that maybe it didn't work out somewhere else, that maybe were malcontents, and he said our culture 
can absorb it, it. Is gonna, can absorb it, and we can we're gonna get the most out of it. And more often than not, he was right. Sometimes he he was wrong, and he cut bait very quickly. Don't you, do you think the Chiefs have a culture with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey? Where they, if hey, look, we get a talented guy in here, we show him the way. We have a chance for this to be a home run, and if it's not. Then we'll move on. Yeah, well, great job of reminding me of my Patriots days because I actually lived through that with Corey Dillon was con- right was put in that in that regard, right? Yeah. And you're right. If the culture is strong enough, you can shape and form that malcontent into a good citizen and actually a productive member of your offense or your football team. So that is fair. So yeah, it is a high possibility. But again, I still, it's a risk. It's a, certainly a risk. But yeah. I always hold to the idea that, and in Corey's case. The Bengals are the Bengals, so you can only go so far with what that represents back sure. then. But you actually have bring up an excellent point, Nathan, and I would concede that, yes, that is a, a distinct and highly probable possibility with a strong culture that you can And they're winning. It's just a good organization. Exactly. Winning, like if he went somewhere that didn't have that background, maybe you're not as optimistic. Maybe it works out there. Christian McCaffrey to the Niners. i got to tell you, this one befuddles me a little bit. Mm, really? I understand why they want Christian McCaffrey. I understand all the things that he can do in their offense. But when have you ever said, you know what, the Niners aren't getting good enough play out of their running backs. Or Kyle Shanahan team's not getting enough out of their running backs. You never say that. He makes everybody look good. Right. I mean, you could be a guy undrafted. You could be a late-round yes. draft pick. Or you could be a guy who just had an ACL surgery. He seems to make guys look very, very good with their run scheme. So it's interesting. But maybe he's saying, what would happen if we had more dynamic guy. guys yeah. under under or in our backfield. And, again, you can't say he's not that. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays itself out because as a defense, you have Debo on the football field and you have McCaffrey on the football field. That's some mismatch waiting to happen. So I get why he did it. Yeah, and Kittle and Ayuk. And, yeah, right. You think you got something? You got something there. Robbie Anderson has a chance, I would say, to the Cardinals to maybe replace Hollywood Brown, who was playing great for them. But with DeAndre Hopkins back, they got Zach Ertz, they got Rondell Moore. He's probably a distant fourth at best as a target there. And then there's and then James Robinson to the Jets. That one, it's a shame they lost Brees Hall. Right, he's a only star. Only being a rookie of the year. Yes, and, and so now he kind of replaces him, but he's not Brees Hall. But what it does is make Travis Etienne now the, the guy, guy in right. Jacksonville, which is certainly going to be fun to watch there. Um, all right, we got we'll, just real quick one more. I got because this is I do want to get Gerard's take on this one as a as a former Patriot. What did you make of what happened on Monday night? Mac Jones starts. He throws a pick. Bailey Zappi comes in. Zappi throws like two touchdowns in his first three passes. You think it's great. All of a sudden it falls off a cliff. Now they go back to Mac Jones, who took them to the playoffs, who was the first-round pick. Feels very unbill in a way, the way that that all was handled. He said, I told them. They were like, no, nobody told us. Very odd. Uh, Bill is, is, is in a conflict right now, and I know the reason why. Because in my mind, Mac Jones represents his first love after the breakup with Tom Brady. Sure. So what he's doing is, from a loyalty standpoint, saying, okay, let me go back to this guy. He got me to the playoffs. And why not see if he can let things ride? But one thing you notice with Mac, he's doing something he didn't do last year. Turning the ball He's being very careless with the football. Yep. And so I get the loyalty and where it's coming from, but that is totally uncharacteristic of Bill. Because normally he'd sit you down in a heartbeat if you make a mistake or if you do anything that he deems conduct detrimental to the Effort of winning a football game. Mac Jones looks a little shell shocked to me. He, yeah, he, he looks, doesn't look right, man. He does not look uh. right at all. All right, in football, making a big hit after the whistle can be huge trouble. Knowing when to stop is critical for football players and for gamblers. So always set a time limit before gambling and keep things fun. Learn more at keepitfunohio.com. When we come back, we'll be joined live by Browns cornerback 
Greg Newsom here at the Paninis in Brunswick. It is the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns cornerback Denzel Ward. This is Browns wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones. This is Joel Batonio, and you're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns. All right, welcome back to Panini's in Brunswick. Nathan Segura, Gerard Cherry. It's the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Brought to you tonight by our good friends from Bud Light. A lot of good drink specials going on, so come on out to the Panini's. And we are very happy to be joined right now by a great friend of the program, Browns second-year cornerback Greg Newsom. Greg, welcome to the show. Welcome to Panini's. Thanks Thank for being you, with man. us. I appreciate you for having me. Love having you on here. So let's talk for a little bit about this season how you've seen it, the defense, I think, turned in one of their best performances of the year last week against the Baltimore Ravens. How are you guys feeling as a defense, and how's this team feeling knowing you're better than 2-5, and five, but we are 2-5? and five? Yeah, obviously we're really frustrated um, going into the season. You know, we have high goals for ourselves, um, and to start off 2-5 and five is not in our uh, goals. But, you know, everything's still ahead of us. Uh, I think, like you said, I feel like the defense played – our best game so far, so we're looking to, you know, to build upon that and, you know, to go Monday night and get a win. And, Greg, obviously on Monday night you go against a talented football team in the Bengals, and they've said some things in the course of the offseason, <laughs> and specifically about you. With that in mind, man, what are you going to bring to the table from an intensity standpoint? How much are you looking forward to this football game? Oh, yeah, I would be lying if I didn't say I didn't have this game circled um, mm-hmm. on the schedule the whole season. So uh, I'm definitely super excited, but, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to try to be Superman or try to do anything that I haven't done all season. Uh, so I'm just going to go out there, do my job, and, um, you know, get a stop against these guys. Were you surprised by all that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, when you destroy a team like that and, you know, hold them to their obviously the, the worst performance they'd had all season. That's right. I feel like you could show a little bit more, you know, respect. But it's okay. Respect is earned, not given. That's right. I was looking forward to you and Jamar Chase. It looks like we will not get the opportunity to see that. But certainly T. Higgins, Taylor Boyd, still very talented. Joe Burrow, very talented. When you watch them and a team that basically says, look, we're going to play out of the shotgun. We're not going to really mess with play action very often. We're going to throw the ball to our three receivers. Now they got two. They'll still have a third guy out there, obviously. Do you like that challenge? Because you've been, last week, what, one target they threw in your area? You haven't had the ball thrown at you much. You know at least it's going to because they're going to throw it all game long. You're going to get some action. Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, like you said, i um, been getting a little frustrated just, you know, not getting my hands on the ball a lot, uh, not getting too many targets. But, That's respect. you know, going into this it's game, it's definitely respect. But, you know, me as a sure. competitor, um, try to make plays. But going into this game, knowing the team is going to throw the ball, we're super excited. Um, you know, we have goals in our secondary, and I feel like last, last game we showed, you know, what we can do. Um, if we stay consistent, so uh, we're looking to have another consistent performance. Now, I get this question all the time about you guys from a man-to-man standpoint or zone concept, and I think you guys played all very well. For you, do you prefer playing man-to-man or would you rather be in zone? Uh, I prefer playing man-to-man for sure. Um, I think even going into this week, like my, my thing was going to be to guard Jamar Chase all game. Uh, so, you know, I'm one of those guys, like I like going with – going with players, going with the best players, um, and, you know, trying to eliminate it from the game. I feel like uh, if you can do that, you know, you give, your ch- you give your team a great chance of winning. I love that you wanted that. Right. That it wasn't like, hey, this is what we're going to do. You're like, no, give me. Oh, give me sure. number one. Yeah. It, it harkens back MJ Emerson with Mike Williams. Give me 81. 
You have two young guys there. You guys want it, and you want to be tested. You want to be challenged. And that's a mindset that I think hopefully will permeate the whole team because that's, I think, what you need to succeed in this league and at this level and to be great, which I know you want to be. Oh, for sure. you got to have that mindset. Um, you know, iron sharpens iron, and, you know, if you want to be considered the best, you got to do it against the best. Uh, so, you know, I'm never afraid of a challenge. Um, I'm always up for the opportunity. Um, and obviously, Jamar's probably won't be playing. But, you know, we still got to go against two other really, really, really talented yeah. receivers. So uh, we'll definitely be up for the challenge. And what has practice been like this week? Nathan had mentioned it. The record speaks for itself, two and five. And a lot of times when you're in that situation, guys get down. Guys don't practice as hard. What has the intensity been like for yourself as well as your teammates? Um, you know, we've been super excited. Um, I feel like the energy is there because at the end of the day, we're still right there. Um, in our division, you know, we're one and one. Obviously, the Ravens are, I think, two and oh, three and oh. But, you know, we're right there. So, uh, you know, we're going to take it a game at a time. Um, you know, all of our goals that we want to get to, which is to get to the playoffs, um, and then win after that is still ahead of us. So, you know, we still got that energy, and I think we'll be ready to go Monday night. Yeah, it feels like you guys have cleaned everything up in terms of what was going on a little bit early in the season. You guys have cleaned that up. And, and I think, you know, last week to hold Mark Andrews without a catch, he hasn't, he hasn't gone without a catch since his rookie year. Right. That was a pretty incredible performance. You give two passes of 20 yards in the whole game, and they are an explosive offense. They're a big play offense. That's what they're built on. Lamar's under 200 yards. You know, is that something when you guys watch the film, you're like, look, this is what we can be. We just have to do it, as you mentioned, consistently. And then we have a chance to be special because – Last year, over the second half of the season, if we scored 20 points a game on offense, we win the division. That's sure. how good you guys were on defense. Now, this year didn't start that way, but it's still the majority of the season is still ahead of us, and it can be that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's super great when you can, you know, have a performance like that. Obviously, you never want to lose, but you can learn a lot from your losses. And, and, and I think we showed, you know, going against in a very explosive offense like that, that we have the capability, you know, of stopping any offense. Um, and, you know, Baltimore was a great test for us, and I feel like as a defense we stepped up. Uh, so now we're looking to do that again against Cincinnati. So they get, they're going to rely on T. Higgins. They're going to rely on Tyler Boyd. Both of them have 455 yards this year, both top 20 in the league in yards, but very different. What, what are the challenges that are presented by T. Higgins, and I'm guessing size, and then what are the challenges presented by Tyler Boyd, who's kind of underrated given Very that he's underrated. with Higgins and Chase, but the guy can flat-out ball. For sure. Um, like with T. Higgins, I feel like he's like a, a Mike Williams type of guy. Like he, He's very great at the catch point. Uh, he has – you know, very sneaky speed uh, where he can get down the field, but he's he's a guy you got to really challenge at the, the catch point. And then, you know, with Tyler Boyd, like I said, I think he's the best route runner out of all of them. So uh, that's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, you know, he's always that guy they're looking for on third down, but I think Tyler Boyd is amazing. And also the most respectful because when Jamar Chase started saying this, Tyler Boyd's like, whoa, wait a, wait a second. You know, these, yeah, guys are, these guys are well, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, these guys well, are pretty good. Well, he's a veteran. He knows yeah, better. Yeah, but, exactly. So you expect that from a younger player. Monday night. Now, when I played, that was the main deal, Monday night. Now you have Sunday night. Do you guys still find yourself saying, Monday night, we know everybody in the country is watching us, and that's going to cause us to take our effort even to a higher place? For sure. Um, you know, when you have all the eyes on you, you always going to – obviously everyone plays hard, but when you know the whole entire league's watching you, you, you have that, you know, added motivation. Um, you know, there's always Thursday night, but – you know, I think the prime video thing, I don't know if that's, you sure. know, as highly watched. So I know Monday night is definitely that game where you know everyone's going to watch. So uh, we're definitely super excited to get the opportunity to play on a Monday night. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Stadium under the lights, Halloween. And this is the thing about Sunday night, too, is while it is billed as, you know, the game of the week, if you're in the league, you got, you're in the league. 
you're traveling. Right. You yeah, might not even get, get home, home for it. Right. And if you do, you're tired after it. And what it's uh, Monday night, it's like, all right, everybody, all the chips are in. Everybody's watching Monday night. Nobody's flying anywhere. It's all, that's the focus. And it's been, listen, you guys, you're used to being very good at home. It's been tough this year at, at home, unfortunately. This is a chance to kind of write that, though, in a big game, right? And are you, how much are you looking forward to that environment, lights out, dark Halloween in front of the Browns fans? I'm super excited. Um, I know they're always going to be with us the whole season, no matter what the record is, no matter you know how we're playing, or no matter what they say, they're always going to be there to support. Um, so I know this Monday night they'll definitely be there ready to get a win, and um, you know hopefully we can do that for them. And there's going to be something special happening that night. Joe Hayden signing a contract to retire with the Browns. And in many ways, you remind me of Joe, always in a good mood, for courtside at all the Cavs games. He was always out and about in Cleveland, really embraced the city. You've done that. Have you ever got a chance to talk to him? I know maybe we went against some of the Steelers, but I think you're going to very much enjoy him. But carrying on that legacy, you know, he was kind of from the top dog and, and you know, and Minifield to, to Joe Hayden. And now, you know, you and Denzel and MJ. It's a cool legacy, and I think it's cool that that's going to be happening that night. Yeah, I'm super excited. I haven't got to meet him yet. Um, but He's a great guy. That's what everyone great literally guy. says all the time. You remind me of him. You remind me of him. But I definitely want to get to meet him. I just talk a little ball, and, you know, hopefully I can get a pick and give him, you know, the ball since that's his – that's my goal. So That'll be your first. You might have to keep that. No, nah, he can't. He can, he can have it. Yeah. You're going to get a bunch of oh, them. for sure. And speaking of picks, is there something going on in the DB room where if someone gets the first pick of the game, do you guys still play that game oh, that sure. you get compensated for it is oh, how I'll put it. Most definitely. You definitely we, we like to do that um, just to add an incentive. Well, we certainly hope that you get compensated. Actually, everybody in the room, let's go. <laughs> for everybody out there, let's get sure. Let's get all of those picks. Greg, thanks so much for the time. Thanks for coming out here, being so great with the fans, and great turnout tonight, and love seeing you around town, and let's go on Monday, man. Thank you, yeah, I let's appreciate go. it. Yes, sir. All right, the great Greg Newsom, our guest here. When we come back, our final thoughts, little stock up and step up. You are listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. Go into Monday night's game, get into First Energy Stadium quicker on game days with Express Access presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate, plus each game you use Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you'll automatically be entered for a chance to win Browns autographed merchandise. So go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Nathan Zagura, Gerard Cherry with you. It's the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network coming to you live from Panini's in Brunswick. And Gerard, time to wrap things up here. Browns and Bengals, Monday Night Football. Let's start with a little stock up, step up. We'll start with stock up. Whose stock is up for you going into this game against the Bengals? Oh, it certainly has to be my man Emerson. He has been balling out. I love what he represents to have a, such a young player have the attitude and demeanor that Greg spoke about, that you want that challenge. You want that top-notch receiver. You're not shying away from the competition. Matter of fact, you're embracing it. And the play that he made last week, Nathan, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but quickly, the fact that he had the presence of mind to understand that, hey, no one's going to peel out right to here. Tight end is blocking. Let me go make a play and blitz. That's not rookie stuff. 
that's veteran moves right there. So that was so impressive. So his stock is definitely up. And I can tell you that was very appreciated in the in the offices of Maria, what he did there adding on. And, you know, listen, with his size, maybe he's a good matchup with T. Higgins. Not having Jamar Chase gives you a lot of flexibility there. Who's got to step up for you in this game? We are down on tight ends, so Harrison Bryant has to step up. Give us the production, if you can, that Njoku was giving us from a receiving standpoint. It's going to be needed. And we don't want it to be missed. So I'd say Harrison Bryant has to step up. That's a, it's a great call, Harrison Bryant. Yeah, he's career high, four catches, 56 yards, and two touchdowns in a single game. Guess what? Came against the Bengals in hey. 2020. So hopefully he can get that going again. I'd add Deion Jones. Now he's the Mike linebacker. Jacob Phillips out. Anthony Walker out as well. The Browns and the Bengals. It is a must win for the Browns Monday night football. We want to thank the great people at Panini's for having us out here. Bud Light as well for sponsoring us. All our great fans who are out here tonight. Want to thank coordinating producer Meredith Kane, engineer Andy Roth, and executive producer Jason Gibbs. For Gerard Cherry, I'm Nathan Zagura thanking you for listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Join us next week at this time for more from the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.